Welcome to Mail Pattern Radness. The most serious comedy podcast this side of the Wonderwall. Hey everybody, we got a good show in store for you today. Thanks for coming around. This is our third episode, so uh, shout out to us for getting our shit together enough to put this uh, podcast uh, into motion. Yeah, thanks for listening. Yeah, definitely. And uh, I don't know, I just wanted to start off talking about the grocery store a little bit. We both like to cook a lot. And you got to go there for ingredients very often. Right. And the experience overall kind of sucks. The lighting sucks. Uh, the music is the worst. Yeah, it's not conducive to shopping at all. It's just really... You, you feel like you're being accosted by songs you don't deserve to hear anymore because you've already put the time in in your precious life having to listen to things that you've heard a million times already. Yeah, sometimes you know the words to songs that you hate because of places like the grocery store and it's just crammed down your throat. I try to usually bring headphones, but sometimes I forget. And if you do, I mean, you should do what we do. I mean, don't just put up with it. Go up to customer service and talk to them. I mean, be polite. They are a person, but you do need to be a little upset if you want this to happen. And just ask them if they could turn the shit off and if they could play the Mill Pan and Radness podcast off of Spotify right. or something that, that would be great take a stand take a stand with dignity and, and forced righteous action you, you you don't do it angrily in terms of, uh, of berating the, the store employee you just you look them straight in the eye and you let them know with your laser glare that they're going to have to change the Pandora station or there's going to be a real big problem. Yeah, and if they don't do it, I mean, you got to show them you're serious and you need to leave. I mean, don't spend your money there. Go to another grocery store and repeat. Exactly. You don't have to take it. You don't have to spend your money somewhere that uh, continuously berates you with I'll be... By Edwin McCain. Yeah. And eventually you're going to find a good one. You're going to find your grocery store. You might have to drive across town, but it's going to be worth it. Exactly. Right. So, having said that, uh, we want to get into a little bit about what we're doing this, this week coming up uh, on the episode. So, first off, what do we have? All right. We have a debate. We have a couple guests. Uh, we have a representative from a company and an, an expert an expert act activist. I don't know. We're going to hear about him. Cool. Awesome. Yeah, see yeah. See what happens. I thought the interview went really awesome, and I think you guys are all going to like it quite a bit. Uh, secondly, we did uh, we did one of our one of our uh, recurring uh, segments, the uh, reviews of previews. Or we review movie previews. Right. This time we did the old uh, Rick Moranis uh sophomore edition of the trilogy uh, Honey I Shrunk the Kids and this one was entitled Honey I Shrunk the Baby right? I blew up the baby honey, I blew I, up the kid Honey I blew up the kid I'm sorry uh, going over it so many times it just got jumbled up in my head I mean uh, and what's the third one uh, Honey Honey I Shrunk Ourselves I, yeah Honey yeah. and then there's a Disney ride Honey I Shrunk the Audience Right, in the old Captain Land, right? EO. Yeah, yeah. We're giving it away. We, do, we sell this already. <laughs> I was like, oh, wait. 
This sounds familiar. All right. Well, enjoy the episode. Yeah, guys. Thanks for tuning in. We hope you really enjoy it. And uh, definitely, hey, visit us on Twitter. We we have a Twitter that we will uh, begin updating a little bit more. What is the address again? It's at Mail Radness. At Mail Radness. We, we couldn't get Mail Pattern Radness. So go ahead and hit us up on there. Tell us if you like it. Uh, leave a review uh, on whatever platform you're listening on so we'll, we, we can tell whether or not uh, this is worth a, worth a damn. Thanks. Today we have a special presentation. A little while ago we did uh, an ad that got a lot of attention, I mean good and bad, for a company that we thought was pretty cool as a product we really like. It was uh, Shrimp Dicks. Shrimp That's Dicks, with, yeah. Yeah, with an X. And uh, their uh, product is a male shrimp genitalia, freeze-dried and flavorized. They had some amazing flavors. They're really delicious. Yeah. They're, they're great for travel snacks. Um, you can kind of take them anywhere. You can put them in your pockets, and they don't make them greasy. They don't crumble up. They're the perfect pocket yeah. snack. I mean, shrimp dicks are are so versatile. Yeah. And and I, I for one, carry a pack of them in my glove box just in case of emergencies. Yeah. And today we actually have a representative from uh, from shrimp dicks yes. to talk about shrimps. Yes. Hooray! Welcome, sir. Welcome. His name's uh, Goldie Johnson. Yes. Uh, Brandon, what was his position? Goldie Johnson. What's your position, Goldie? Oh, uh, public Trimdix? relations. Right, I just ask you. He's here. All right, he's in public relations. Uh, and uh, he's here to talk about shrimp dicks because uh, we got a lot of attention when we ran this ad. Some people were just like, that's a great idea. Some people already knew about it, loved it. But we had a lot of people, surprisingly, that were really angry and said that shrimp dicks are, are not ethical. Yeah, there was there was a ton of there was a ton of email. Uh, we had uh, groups emailing us. Uh, prominently, the the shrimp rights activists, shrimps rights activists, uh, very angry. Uh, and it, it's been um, it's been sort of mounting as far as the attention goes. There uh, are are they ethical? And so it, it's become, frankly, a debate that's gotten hotter and hotter lately. Yeah, we really went down the, the rabbit hole in this one. Uh, I learned a lot just Google shrimp dicks. It's, it's more fun than you would think. Well, Mr. Johnson, uh, we, we wanted to ask you, uh, as, the, as a member of the, the shrimp dicks family, uh, how how do you feel? I mean, about the the ethics of 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 shrimp dicks. Do you feel that they're ethical and and why? Maybe shed a little light on that. Our products are completely ethical. Our shrimps have two dicks, and when we remove one of the dicks, it shrimply grows back. Do all shrimps have two dicks, or do you guys genetically modify these? No, not all shrimps have two dicks. That would be a wonderful world. But we use only shrimps with two dicks for the very reason 
we would understand that eating a shrimp every time just for its dick would be crazy. All right, uh, I have a question for you. What's your favorite favorite flavor of shrimp dicks? Because garlic butter ranch shrimp dicks simply go with everything. Yeah, that's pretty good. That's mm. my number two. My number one's ham and pineapple. Oh my god, yes. Yeah, I don't like the pizza, but I love the shrimp dicks flavor. <laughs> really, very interesting. All right, so we have uh, an activist. Uh, I, 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 you're gonna have to remind me of the name of your organization, Reginald Sinclair. Welcome. Yeah. Uh, thank you for having me. Uh, I'm with uh, Crustacean Crusade. Yeah, you're you're the uh, you're the East Region Director of Decapod Advocacy and Protection. Is that right? Yes. Uh, we really do care about our decapods. We we like to focus on them and really monitor the situations that are going on. Like very much like this shrimp ticks situation that we have going on. Okay. Well, explain for the listeners, uh, if you can, the 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 feud between uh, Crustacean Crusade and the, and the shrimp rights activist and and shrimp ticks. What are you guys What are you guys fighting about essentially? Well, really, a lot of it comes down to misinformation. Shrimp sticks. The the company is spreading out this information and like they're blatant lies. Like let's just be real, people. And I mean, this is. They say that dicks grow back, and dicks do not grow back. <laughs> Uh, it's just a plain fact. We know this. Human dicks don't grow back. Crustacean dicks don't grow back. And you know what? We're here because this needs to stop. These people are amputating these crustaceans and making them not able to reproduce in a correct manner anymore. And it's, it's just very dangerous for the population. Goldie, uh, do you, is that true? Do the shrimp dicks grow back? He has no proof of this. I spent extensive years of my life in the desert researching how to grow back dicks for soldiers. It didn't work on humans. It worked on shrimp. So I made it into a dip. And this guy is trying to wreck my business. Sir, I, 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 need, I need to let you know. I'm not, I'm not directly targeting you. Even if 75% of the shrimp's dicks don't grow back, they still have another dick. It's a great life. Yes, but but which dick are you taking? These they have two dicks. The left one is typically longer than the right one. I I mean, are are you taking their? These main... facts are true. We can't tell which dick's gonna grow back. It's fifty fifty. <laughs> wow. Do you take the big dick or the little dick? <laughs> we do take the little dick. <laughs> it's the only right thing to do. These are trying to be ethical. That's the storage. I'm dick. trying to do the right thing. There's emotion. Most of words. the dicks grow back. Well, I think. I mean, I think you both have a case. I think that uh, you know this this issue is is still far from being resolved. Now, uh, what would you say? Uh, what would you? What, what's the future of, of this feud? What, what's the future of Crustacean Crusade, uh, and how does it relate? To shrimp dicks, and we'll, we'll ask you the same after this, but uh, uh, Mr. Sinclair, could you elaborate on that? Well, I, I mean, like I said, we, we don't have a problem with the company Shrimp Dicks if they didn't decapitate shrimp sticks. Like, it's, it's a simple thing. Just don't take the penis of an animal or a crustacean. 
or you know lobsters like I, it, what are we what are we to do if all crustaceans are just walking around with half a dick this this is just madness people pure and utter madness so i we are we're not directly targeting shrimp dicks by any means but we are certainly very concerned about the implications of removing a reproductive organ so important as the shrimp dick. Okay. You're making some good points there, Reginald. I, I have a question. Um, if either of you can answer, if you have an answer for me, uh, do shrimps, do they have two vaginas, the female shrimps? Really? And if so, is a, a big one and a little one? I have not done any research into the female genitalia of the shrimp. Yeah, yeah, I understand. It's not completely pertinent to your business. He's got to know the dicks. Just the dicks over here. Yeah, Reginald. Um, well, science is a very complex matter, and reproductive organs for any any animal is extremely complex, and... We're unlocking new and new mysteries about the female shrimp reproductive organs, and I, I don't have an exact answer for you right now. We're, we're certain that they have at least one. We are, we're mostly certain of that. Yeah, because otherwise there wouldn't be any more shrimp, right? That's what we believe, because of science. Yeah, you gotta have somewhere to put at least one shrimp dick. Right, yeah. For reproduction purposes. Right, yeah. I don't think that I don't think animals or crustaceans have uh, sexual intercourse for pleasure, right? It's only humans. Is that is that right, or is that just a rumor? dolphins? Oh yeah, dolphins have sex for pleasure. Go dolphins! Yeah. All right, back to the back to the topic at hand, uh, guys. Re- real briefly, just um, maybe explain uh, what your message is, and. Uh, yeah, that, that's what I mean. Just to explain what your message is. My message is, I remember when my grandma and mom used to make shrimp dip salad, and they used to take them 50 to 75% more shrimps to get the amount of dicks. That shrimp dicks with an X gets into the same container of dicks. And I don't know why I'm being crusaded against by these shrimp people when Sizzler and Red Lobster runs around yelling at everyone about their special dinner sales. That's all I got to say about dicks today. That was very great and impassioned. I mean, that together with how good shrimp dicks taste. Like... Incredible. I mean, I, I don't... Both, both of you have said just some really we, insightful things. We gave it, need a rebuttal. Yeah, please, please uh, go ahead and uh, answer that one. From Reginald? Um, Well, our our message is simple. Don't cut off penises of crustaceans. We're we're very passionate about that. We want to save the crustacean penises, and we want want to protect them. But I I do also have another message I do want to go ahead and put here. I, I promised my hoster I would do this. I just want to say thank you to GeoCities. They have been amazing since day one. They have, they have been a fantastic hosting company, and Crustacean Crusade would not make the impact that we do without them. We, we really love them. Their, their new page transitions are amazing. And, um, yeah, I think that's all my message. Go GeoCities. Okay, you're, you're, you're one of the last uh, brave few. All right, I have one more question for, for Goldie. Um, 
your website, uh, Shrimp Dicks with an X, is a, it, it's Shrimp Dicks with an X, 420-6969.com. Uh, why is there like the additional like numbers and dash at the end? Because it seems like it would be more sense to just be like Shrimp Dicks with an X.com. That's a tribute to my grandma and grandpa who always used to 69 the shrimp at the dinner table. Oh man, that's sweet. I thought it was going to be something dirty. Oh, uh, yeah. Now with this guy. 100% shrimp through and through. All right, guys. Well, I think that we really hopefully cleared the air. And I mean, maybe you still want to eat and buy shrimp dicks. And maybe you don't. Maybe you never heard of them and you just learned a lot. I right. mean, I, I know I learned a lot from both of you guys. And I don't know. I appreciate you having both sides of an argument. Yeah, it's been great having both of you guys on. Uh, Reginald Sinclair and Goldie Johnson. This has been a Mel Pattern Radness Expose. The Great Debate. Welcome to Preview Reviews, where we review previews. Today we have a movie that was released in 1992. That is when I was a freshman freshman in high school. And uh, it stars the versatile, talented, and very uh, 90s uh, relevant Rick, Rick Moranis. Moranis. Now, you all know Rick Moranis uh, from Spaceballs. Ghostbusters. He was in a lot of cool stuff in the 80s, and then... So good in Spaceballs. Yeah, he was one of the best parts, I think, of Spaceballs, for sure. Uh, and then Spaceballs, for anybody who doesn't know, which which is weird to, to say just in case, but it's a it's a Star Wars parody movie, and it is... Mel Brooks. Glorious. Yeah, it's, a, it's really great. It's comedy at its finest, for sure. So if you like Star Wars and you haven't seen Spaceballs, then you need to reassess your priorities in life and uh, go watch Spaceballs the immediately. Movie. Right. So, as we were saying, Rick Moranis was very relevant in the 90s. Uh, this whole trilogy was... Uh, the, this is the second... The movie we're going to review, Honey, I Blew Up the Kid, uh, is the second installment of the Honey, I Shrunk the Kid's uh, film series. It's the Empire Strikes Back of the Honey, I Shrunk the Kids <laughs> trilogy. Exactly. And uh, as everybody knows, Empire is the best. And the reason why Return of the Jedi isn't is just because of Ewoks. And I don't really want, I don't want to argue about that. So. <laughs> uh, They're just making money with those Ewoks. Yeah. Yeah. They're supposed to be uh, Wookiees, I guess, originally. Oh, right. I guess, I guess I heard, maybe you told me that at one yeah, point. Sure. Tiny Wookiees. Well, in any case, uh, Ewoks and I don't really see eye to eye on uh, <clears throat> them existing. So, again, this is a trilogy. Uh, this is the second in a trilogy. Um, this trilogy also spawned a television series. What? Uh, I didn't know that. Yeah, it did. And then also, it... Uh, without the... Rick Moranis? Yeah, without Rick okay, Moranis. I think I remember it. It was yeah. a guy that was playing his character and it was always just like not right that... because it wasn't him, like... That never works. The only time that worked really that I can think of is Buffy, the Vampire Slayer. Because yeah. in the movie it was, who is it, Carrie Swanson? 
I can't I, remember. I don't remember her name. Anyway, it was a different Buffy, and then Sarah the show Michelle was, Geller yeah, and uh, that work. that was actually yeah, fun show actually. Buffy Vampire Slayer, Joss Whedon, shout out. Uh, so yeah, they had a spinoff Angel that had not quite Frasier success, but was pretty successful. I understand. Angel. I never saw it. Yeah, it was a spinoff of Buffy the Vampire Slayer. Oh, Angel! Yeah, yeah. I watched a little bit of it. I wasn't really that interested in more. There's already so many episodes of oh, Buffy. Yeah, yeah. It's like, all right, that's how much spot, how much Laverne and Shirley do you need? It was popular. Because you already have a lot. I mean, you need all of Laverne and Shirley, but like, I don't know, maybe no Joni Loves Chachi. I don't know. Happy days. <laughs> uh, so this received a, a 40% approval rating on Rotten Tomatoes as far as the critical response goes, but... Uh, Maybe it's because they didn't get to watch it when it came out in 1992. That's very true. It would have been differently rated. Or maybe not. (laughs) Probably would not. Yeah, it wouldn't go over well now either. Oh, though, I was going to mention, too, that this not only spawned the television series, this series, uh, this movie series, it also uh, spawned some theme park attractions. Which you know about, right? Yeah, I went to one at Disneyland. It was called Honey, I Shrunk the Audience. And it, they put it in where uh, Captain EO used to be, the Michael Jackson thing. That was pretty oh, cool. Oh, yeah, I went to Captain EO. Yeah, I remember yeah. that. And that then was uh, pretty they replaced cool. that with uh, Honey, I Shrunk the Audience. And it was like one of those like interactive movies where you shrink and they have hydraulics on all the chairs. So once you're small, like everything looks huge and people are walking and it's like your chairs are going up and down. Whoa. They like blow wind on certain parts. There's a part where like a dog cut comes up and you're like, and you're wearing 3D glasses as well, so he's all up in your it's face. A huge dog. It's like he's going to eat the whole audience. And then he sneezes, and they have like misters on the seats in front oh. of you. So it's all like really I, interactive. I wonder if anybody would threw up when they got misted with the dog yeah, sneeze. I if That's really actual gross. dog saliva to be authentic. That would be sweet. <laughs> oh, God. Disney pulls out all the stops sometimes. Gross. Oh. No, I'm allergic. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I also wanted to say before we start this clip, so we're about to review the preview for the movie, Honey, I Blew Up the Kid. I wanted to say real quick before we started, though, I did notice that in the beginning of this, there is a mailbox that has the word Brown on it, the last name Brown, right next to the house we're about to see. Featuring the Zelinskis. That's the family who's the protagonists in this movie. So, the Rick Moranis character obviously is a scientist. So, are they saying that Dr. Emmett Brown lives next door to the Zelinskis and probably... Makes a lot of their gear. Exactly. Helped invent a lot of this nonsense. Or, maybe some of his harebrained tendencies rubbed off. You know, because <laughs> it just... They're both just crazy scientists, but I just wanted to say that real quick to get it out of the way because I didn't want to take up the whole movie preview review talking about that. Here we go, honey, I blew up the kid. All right, so here's the mail delivery. Brown got a package, and he's riding up on Selinski's. Oh, the they have Lins- a high-tech mailbox right. opens itself. Here's some ladies jogging. It's got a light on it. It's beeping. The late joggers are marveling. They're creeped out. And here comes the automatic door to come out the house. He's pulling on a bone that makes it the mailbox hydraulically uh, drop out the mail so the dog can get it. Brings it inside. Self-closing door. Man, they're living in 2019 in a 
I mean, 1992. I, you'd think that that would oh, all be done a by a tech toaster. You'd think that would be done by a robot here, but a dog. Okay, I guess the dog's got to make a living. Oh, they have an intercom system. Oh, this kid is clearly playing this song. He's playing air guitar. He has. Oh yeah. He's. <laughs> 12 or 13, but he looks a lot like Rick Moranis because he's wearing the Rick Moranis glasses yeah, and has the haircut. And the, the child is watching the Mr. Rogers show, which is excellent. And it's on like a TV stand that's hanging on like a swing. Look you at see this. that? Yeah, this looks just like this looks like the helmet that Doc Brown invented. Yeah, it does. So Rick Moranis is walking around inspired. with this weird contraption on oh, his head. Oh, it's a helmet with a mirror that was in front of his face, and now it went up. See, now here is a robot. Oh, he had a cleaning robot. All right, well, that was it, huh? I think that that was just a clip and not a preview, which is all right. We yeah. do watch clips. We do watch clips to enhance the the idea of reviewing a preview of a movie. All this stuff can pretty much be found on YouTube if you're ever interested in watching them on your own. Uh, just We just go for... Usually movies in the 90s, we were doing, I think the last few ones we did were 1991, when this is, again, 1992. Yeah, we just try to do weird movies, so we wouldn't actually probably watch the whole movie, but the preview is great. Exactly. So that one, uh, we watched the clip first. I think this one is going to be the actual preview. All right, here we go. This should be fun. They're advertising some real weird looking yogurt thing before the clip. What is this? I wonder, oh boy. Why would anybody go to McDonald's to get like a Dolce de Leche sundae? I think it was parfait. Brilliant inventor, Wayne I don't even understand what parfait means. And this time he's about to make the biggest scientific breakthrough. Oh boy, here's a trailer. Wow. This is much more trailerish. This is a real high tech 1990s computer. There's a baby. Laser gun. Oh! So the kid was standing behind the bunny that they were trying to blow up. As they make large. Now the child is huge and he's wearing a sport coat. Oh, now he's like eight feet tall running around chasing Rick Moranis. There's some, some good special around. effects. Holy. He's slamming over the door and he escaped from the house. Because he gets walking over a 12 foot wall. Oh, and now he's continuing to grow. He was in Vegas by the giant cowboy, 100 feet tall. Ripping buildings off the ground. The FBI is involved. This has a lot of quick cuts. So I guess here what they're saying is it's like King Kong slash Godzilla, but it's a baby, like... Yeah, baby loose in Vegas. I think maybe this might have missed as a hit for people. I don't remember this at all. I remember seeing it at the drive-in. Oh, really? Yeah, I never... I mean, know. They got a third movie out of it and a Disney attraction. Right. It was pretty popular at the time. Well, with kids. And he's about to put a car in his mouth with his brothers in the car. Oh, I thought it was a toy car. Well. So what did you think of that preview? Uh, I don't know. It just seems there's enough Godzilla slash King Kong movies that they they really, I think, were like when they came up with the idea for the movie, were like, all right, you guys, we got this great idea. It's going to be, instead of King Kong, like creating havoc and destruction in a city. It's going to be a toddler, right? And Rick Moranis will be opposite, and it'll be hilarious. You know, and it's just like, yeah, we've already seen that sort of thing already. I think they're just capitalizing on the... Instead on of the, being tiny, he's huge. Yeah. 
All right, well, let's watch another clip. That uh, preview was hard to commentate. There were so many quick cuts. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it was it's really been, uh, fast. Influenced by MTV. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah, I noticed uh, in one of the previews of the clips, the girl's wearing like one of those hats from Blossom, the TV show. Oh, yeah. Shout out, Blossom. Great show. I mean, it was at the time. I don't know if it holds up anymore. Whoa, indeed. <laughs> All right, here goes another clip. My Honey, I blew up the kids. <laughs> She's a doctor. All right, so his kids talking to him in his truck as they're driving along. They're both wearing the same glasses. Oh boy! Never wear the same exact glasses as your dad, because you're gonna look exactly the same. Everybody's going to mistake you for the other guy and they're going to expect you to pay taxes. So you're driving and the baby's all huge, clearly green screened in the back. Yeah, this, uh, yeah, you can, them. yeah, it, it's almost like the baby's a hologram in there. That's what it looks like from this <laughs> 90s technology. He's driving a huge 90s van and has all these satellite dishes all over it. Yeah, there's a robot, robot chairs in the car. Like, he just can't have regular chairs. He's got to have oh. chairs built out so of wood. So he came home to the wife, and the kid's toy was, like, five times bigger. She's oh, like, yeah. what's up with this? Why is it so big? And he's taken off. Cause and he just, he just flees instead. Can't let her know that he blew up the baby. And the, the, the younger kid, the son, is suggesting they flee to Mexico. So just to avoid the mother's wrath, apparently. He's got a calculator watch, of course. Right. They're gonna have to go through it through the shrinking slash size change yeah. predicament again. But I mean, if you're gonna make a sequel, where are you gonna go? You know, so you're gonna go. Right. I don't know how they fit that kid in the, the car, kid. the size that they have him being. <laughs> like, how did he fit in there? And is he wearing a seatbelt? I couldn't tell. He was definitely not wearing a seatbelt. Yeah. Oh, like that. <laughs> they showed the kid's arm after Rick Moranis got out of the vehicle, and it was clearly like a dummy arm. He came home, he's talking to the wife, he's gonna probably bite the bullet. Yeah, the kid. Oh, no, he's distracting her, bring her inside. He's a bad husband. <laughs> He's trying to get her away. How would she not be like, hey, I want to see my kid? Yeah, mom No mom stinks. would walk away. Yeah. He's like, eh, leave the kids together. Why not? After all, it's not like you did something to one of the kids again. Right, she's... Oh, she looks she, very guilty. She's really uh, not into the idea that the kids are changing size. <laughs> Who is that man in the van? It's obviously not a man. It's the baby. Oh, and then the baby bursts into the door. Big old baby. Oh, and she passes and out again. She faints. That's a signature franchise move. <laughs> it's like Arnold's I'll Be Back. The surfing. Wow. Thing. Boy, that was, uh, I'll tell you what, man, that's not easy to watch. It's kind of excruciating. <laughs> well, aren't just... you glad we just watched the preview instead of the whole Absolutely. movie? Absolutely. That's the reason for this segment. We don't need to watch the entire movie of these because the, that would be soul crushing and... It would take up precious minutes of our uh, ever, ever expanding uh, lives, which are going to end one day, and then I don't want to waste <laughs> yeah. precious minutes on these. On these, I probably did but I watch like, this, but I feel like we didn't waste our time with the previews. It was good. We got right. some 
some classic golden age Rick Moranis. Right, and that, it's kind of fun to watch and see all the dumb-looking technology, yeah. fake technology that's built onto everything. Well, like, that was probably my favorite part when I was a kid is all his, like, harebrained inventions that right. worked. It's like everything's like a Rube Goldberg machine. Well, and you look at his the inside. In the first one. Oh, yeah. That? Yeah. Machine. That's just like in, in uh, Back to the Future. Doc Brown has all that, like the way he feeds his dog and everything. Oh, you're you know? right. Maybe that's what I'm thinking of. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. Is it? Probably. <laughs> Well, I mean, Rube Goldberg isn't a sole, uh, you know, like, it's not their, this movie's yeah, idea. You that's know, not, like, movie. a good idea for making an invention, though. Like, not a good idea to, a good structure to base off, like, I'm going to make it as complicated and ridiculous as possible. Right. <laughs> just, like, because you're a scientist, you just have all this stuff. Like, I, I've met scientists before. They're just regular people that do science at work, you know. They don't have, yeah. they don't have Rube Goldbergs to fix their breakfast, you know what I mean? It's, but I wonder if this movie is where they got the idea for the Roomba. Because remember we saw that cleaning robot? Oh, yeah. But maybe they just didn't have the technology then. And someone was watching this movie and they were like, what? We can do this now. Yeah, I, my my roommate has a Roomba. And Boom. It's, Roomba. Or I don't even know if it's a Roomba. It's or like a self-cleaning knockoff. Self-cleaning vacuum, yeah. You don't need a name. But yeah, it's uh, I need the name brand. It's not good. It's not good. It's always getting caught on things. Like it just try. It tries to like go up the legs of chairs, and, the, and it'll, it'll like call out like error, error, whatever. And you gotta go out and be like, "Oh no, did you get stuck again, buddy?" It's great. And then it gets full. Of, like there's two dogs, so it gets full of dog hair, and you gotta like pull the dog hair. It's uh, look at it down. We need one of these, like like uh, Zelensky's at. Also, feather dust as well. has oh, arms yeah. sticking out of it. Well, we'll get there. I don't understand that. How come vacuums still suck so bad in 2019? It's almost 2020, and vacuums that you buy just like at a regular store still are, are not good. You just got to buy an expensive one. There's a whole market for... Oryx have their own store. They're probably very, very expensive. They probably work. I Neither guess, of us are ever going to spend $1,000 on a vacuum. No, because also I'm never going to want to have a place with carpet if I can help it. Like, I, who wants carpet? Yeah. Germ factory. Anyway, well, I'm glad that there wasn't an installment of of this called Honey, I Blew Up the Carpet, where, like, the carpet was, like, super tall, like, stalks of grass, like, jungle-type thing. Then yeah. whole, You know, that would have been a really... Even worse idea to base a movie on than what this was. Yeah, they could have done a whole other trilogy of Honey, I Blew Up the Inanimate Object. Like, <laughs> right. That might that might not be bad. Uh, it would be horrible. But, <laughs> but I mean, we wouldn't have lost Rick Moranis to the, to just the, you know, he just, yeah. He just faded off into oblivion and decided not to really come back and do more movies, I guess. But, I mean, this, this movie made... The budget was forty million. It made seventy six million. So I mean, it made some money. I mean, obviously, they didn't. It made enough to spawn another sequel. Yeah. So better than it not existing. I'm sure that he made a, a lot of money and he's doing well. I hope he's doing well, Rick Moranis. Wherever you are, you'll never hear this, but uh, one love, buddy. May the Schwartz be with you. Right, and also with you. Well, folks, it's cold out there, isn't it? It's the dead of winter right now. It is the middle of December in the year 2019. And I've only got a couple of questions for you. And those are, do you want to stay warm? Do you want to stay dry? That's right. And everyone is going to answer yes. And where better to get the protection you need from the cold and the rain 
than the good guys over at McGrady's Wool. Yeah, when uh, you're out shopping at your local department store, I mean, look for the tag that says McGrady's Wools. Because uh, it's a small farm, but they uh, do get a lot of production. I mean, they, they spread their, their wool pretty far and wide. But uh, it's Callahan McGrady is the farmer, and he raises them and, you know, shears the sheep himself. And uh, you're supporting a pretty good, pretty good thing, pretty good guy. He's a true shepherd, and uh, his his livestock includes uh, many sheep, of course, which you would obviously you would expect out of a, a wool farm. But then there are also angora rabbits. There yeah, are musk oxen, llamas. Got some llamas in there. So all, all kinds of exotic furs, uh, things you wouldn't find coming from other other wool competitors. So when you think wool, look for the tag. That says McGrady's wool. And uh, we have a statement from him that he wanted us to read because uh, apparently there's been some problems and some accusations and uh, it's a big reason he took out the sad is he wanted to, to clear things up and he's trying to, to get his side of the story out there. And uh, here's a statement. He says, the rumors are not true. Callahan McGrady does not and has not had sexual, sexual relations with his livestock. He loves his flock. Some say too much. Callahan McGrady treats his animals right. So that was uh, just a statement that he wanted us to read. Just want to clear things up. That, I mean, what do you think he's trying trying to say here? I, I guess uh, some people say that he, he loves his flock too much uh, clearly, in the wrong way. Clearly he's, he's a, a God-fearing, patriotic American man. Uh, probably wears overalls a lot and has stri- strictly platonic relationships with all of the animals on his farm no question bar none the guy is not having any sexual contact with any animal at least on his farm yeah it sounds like people are trying to say he fucks sheep but he's here to say and we're here to say that he does not fuck sheep and that you could buy mcgrady wools tactiles and fabrics with a clean conscience because i mean why would he lie? Right. There's there's absolutely no reason to lie. He's a good-looking man. He's paid us handsomely to tell you that he's handsome. So get to yourself some uh, McGrady wolves. And uh, we just want to make it clear that Callahan McGrady does not fuck his sheep. Callahan McGrady, not a, not a sheep fucker whatsoever. Only a proprietor of fine wolves, fibers, linens, upholsteries, and carpets. Do what you will with that information. All right, everybody. That was episode number three of the Male Pattern Radness podcast. We would like to thank you graciously for tuning in. We've had a great time putting this together, and uh, we would, of course, like to invite you back. My name, uh, by the way, is Brandon. I'm Ryan. Uh, we want to thank our guests tonight. We've had so we, we we've had a really good time. We've had uh, Reginald Sinclair and Goldie Johnson in tonight for the Male Pandered Bradness Expose, The Great Debate, which was definitely one of our favorite segments to do. Very informative. Right, right. So thank you, everybody. Thanks to McGrady's Wool for sponsoring us. Thanks to uh, Shrimp Dicks for providing free snacks to all of our staff members, guests, and uh 
and live audience members, because of course, as you know, Mail Pattern Radness, the podcast, is filmed before a live studio audience. <laughs>